Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the show, World Soccer Radio, on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, also on Sirius XM. I'm your host, Nick Gieber. Great to be with you. A big week of football, a big weekend past of football, a big weekend of the future of football. Uh, Lots of massive stories percolating around the various leagues, including a certain super team called Barcelona in some serious difficulty. Let's talk about Barcelona get into some details, talk about some of the issues that they're facing. Also, congratulations to Steven Gerrard and Rangers, Glasgow Rangers, uh, win the Scottish Premier League, breaking Celtic streak, of course. Uh, Neil Lennon found his way onwards and upwards uh, at Celtic, is no longer there. What a turnaround in 10 years for Rangers and uh, Steven Gerrard waiting in the wings, no doubt, for his shot at an opportunity at Liverpool. Let's talk about that. Plus, Champions League midweek, Barcelona go out, mm, Liverpool advance, all sorts of fun stuff. PSG, is this their year? Let's talk about it right here. World Soccer Radio, find me on Twitter, at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. Find me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash World Soccer Radio. I'd like to welcome all of our men and women in uniform around the world listening on the American Forces Network to the show. Great to have you guys with me as I am talking to you and with you each and every weeknight, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern Time. Then again, midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. on the East. That is for all you early birds listening on Sports Overnight America. I like to bring you the beautiful game every day for your edification and enjoyment. Lots of great stories. Uh, what a great job uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is doing at Man United. You know, as I watched them play over the weekend in a big upset in the Manchester Derby, uh, there was a lot to say about the type of football that they're playing. As you know, I am not a Man United fan. I, in fact, I can't stand them. But having said that, I try to be as objective as possible when I talk about United. Otherwise, I will be accused of that Liverpool bias. But let's be honest, they are playing some quality football right now. Having said that, after beating Manchester City, Manchester City come right back and deliver the tonking to Southampton that uh, Hasenhutl probably wasn't looking forward to. All right, so much to talk about. I don't even want to get into it. This is the intro segment, and here I am digging it out already for you. So uh, let's take a break and be right back to kick it all off here. Well, Soccer Radio, we are presented by betonline.ag. All right, folks, uh, you know, football may be over. Uh, not maybe over. It is for sure over. Uh, but the NBA, college basketball, NHL, we just had the All-Star game in the NBA, by the way. Those are all in full swing, of course, as, our, as are our beloved Premier League, Champions League, La Liga, Ligue 1, Serie A, you know, they're all going. And, of course, Euro 2020, which is happening in 2021, just around the corner. So lots to love, lots to get to, lots of sports out there. The only place you should be betting on these sports is at betonline.ag. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, reality TV. They got it. They are the full meal deal for you. They have hundreds of prop bets as well with real-time odds 
on almost anything you can imagine. And of course, they also have a 24-hour online casino that never closes. That would make it 24 hours. So head over to the website, that's betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You heard me right. Receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, um, lots of stories to get to. Let's start, shall we, um, in Scotland, where, uh, was it last week or the week before, I did almost uh, two segments on uh, the re-emergence of Rangers Football Club from bankruptcy, from dissolution, from all sorts of issues. By the way, Rangers very much caught up in the same sort of uh, wheeling, dealing, forward-selling shenanigans that crippled Leeds United a couple of decades ago. Um, but this once storied Scottish great club, uh, not, not just Scottish, by the way. I mean, you know, you need to remember, uh, going back even to the 50s and 60s, the Scottish football was an extremely important game. Scots footballers were considered some of the best in the world. The league was considered excellent. The teams were giants on the global stage. And Scottish football really was seen every bit as the uh, equal competitor to English football. That obviously has changed enormously, radically over time, as you know, the big markets uh, have dwarfed the small markets and the emergence of the Premier League and the, the, the uh, you know, the... Uh, dissolution of the sort of home internationals and all this sort of stuff have really played a, a, a big part of it. But really the lure of the Premier League and the money of the Premier League has lured all the great talent from the Scottish leagues down into the Premier League and beyond, I might say. But having said that, there are still two huge clubs, uh, you know, Rangers and Celtic. Um, and I know people that are Partick Thistle fans can argue with me, haha. But okay. Celtic enjoyed an enormous amount of schadenfreude at the issues that Rangers had going back a decade. An issue with the taxman, an issue with debt, an issue with forward selling of tickets that put Rangers into insolvency. In point of fact, the new Rangers that exist today, while the intellectual property is the same, is not the same team legally, officially, <laughs> that the old Rangers was, because that was wound up and dissolved. Uh, it practically, it doesn't make a difference for you, okay? But, but the, uh, the mechanics of it were really quite, a, uh, quite an issue. And, and that's why when Rangers came back into the league, they were not allowed back into the uh, League One. They had to go back to, I believe it was the fourth division in Scottish football, and work their way back up the ladder from there, which they did. All the while, you know, all of the folks at Celtic have been, were just really enjoying the sort of downfall of their great rival. And if you know about the Celtic and the Rangers rivalry, it's more than just, you know, a local Scottish, a Glasgow two, two Glasgow teams going at it. It's a lot of sort of going back, hearkening back to the era of re religious sectarianism and Catholics versus Pro Protestant. This is not a friendly rivalry, is where I'm going with this, okay? So Celtic fans really enjoyed watching Rangers squirm and have to claw their way back 
Do you remember that old E.F. Hutton commercial? And if you're a millennial, you don't know what the hell I'm talking about. They make money the old-fashioned way. They earn it. <laughs> remember that? What was that guy's? I remember that guy's name. Probably long dead by now. Um, but, yeah, they earned their way back up into the Scottish Premier League. And they have still, as they're rebuilding and trying to compete with the, the massive funded gorilla that is Celtic, uh, it's taken him a while. However, the last three three years or so, Steven Gerrard has been the gaffer at Rangers. He has done a terrific job. He has got this team believing. People are following him. Look, he's young enough to relate to the players on this team. And if we use our Ray Orozco matrix with Steven Gerrard, does he have the talent he needs to win the, the Scottish Premier League? Yes. Does he have a plan? Yes. Does he have a tactic? Yes. Does he have the experience? Yes. Does he have the players buying off on him as a manager? Does he own the locker room? Yes. He checks all of those yes boxes, and that, folks, is why Rangers Football Club won the Scottish Premier League, breaking a 10-year unbeaten run of Celtic. And that is a huge achievement and I wish to give full and firm congratulations to Steven Gerrard. Now, the question becomes, what next for Gerrard? So there's been a lot of discussion about this. And, and I think if you, you would have to be an idiot not to look at Steven Gerrard and say, you know, his goal is to succeed Jurgen Klopp at Anfield. And clearly, that is the master plan. And I think a master plan bought off not just by Gerard, but I think Klopp's in on it too, as is Fenway Sports Group, obviously. But because of that, and, and there are dangers there, by the way. There are dangers. They're fraught with dangers. We'll probably touch on this a little bit coming up. But because of that, I don't expect Gerard to move from Scotland. I don't expect him to take a job at Crystal Palace or a job somewhere else, you know, that, that opens up at West Bromwich Albion or, or, or wherever it, the next coaching and managerial job opens up in the Premier League. I do not expect Steven Gerrard to take it. Why? Well, because his success in Scotland looks set to continue. He is managing one of the two biggest teams in Scotland. He's going to have a great shot at repeating and winning domestic trophies next season as well. And so his value, his image, is unburnished at this point. If he were to move to the bigger, more difficult, more, shall we say, uh, competitive pond of the Premier League, uh, to go to a villa, maybe, or you know, a Southampton or a Burnley, not, not that I'm saying Hasenhutl or, or, you know, is going to go. But let's just say an opportunity opens up in the Premier League and they offer it to Gerard. Is he going to take it? I, I, he's not going to take it. Because what happened? Let's just say Hasenhutl leaves Southampton. And Gerard goes and manages Southampton Football Club. And he and they are relegated, or they have a you know a, a season where his rent win rate is thirty two percent or thirty five percent. His star is burnished. And if and when, well, it's an inevitability. Let's just say the when it comes time for Jurgen Klopp to move on to greener pastures, which may well be you know a shot at Die Mannschaft, although he said he doesn't want it now that uh, Jurgen Lowe is uh, moving onwards. But one would imagine that Gerard is going to want that shot at Liverpool. 
And if it opens up and he's been unsuccessful in managing a Premier League team, the chances of him getting offered that job are reduced drastically despite the fact that he is a club legend. Again, look at Onegana Solskjaer. Same, almost the same model, although, you know, where was he at? Molde. Wasn't that where he was managing? Well, it's just probably a, a, a league on par with the Scottish Premier League. I think he's done a great job at United. All right, we're going to talk about this more when we get back, and let's look back at my picks over the weekend because uh, actually not bad, I might say. Be right back after this. World Soccer Radio. I'm Nick Eber. Sex and drugs and rock and roll Is all my brain and body need Sex and drugs and rock and roll Is very good indeed Keep your silly ways Or throw them out Oh, the I just love that. It uh, brings back so many memories. Uh, sex and drugs and rock and roll, of course. But it's the song itself, Ian Drury. Great stuff, uh, the late, great Ian Drury, I suppose I should say. Welcome back to the show. This is World Soccer Radio presented by betonline.ag. I'm your host, Nick Gieber, coming to you on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM, plus one of our many digital channels, whether that's iHeartRadio, TuneIn, the award-winning Sirius XM app, and, of course, the American Forces Network, where all of our men and women in uniform around the world listen to this show daily. So it's great to have you with us. If you miss any part of this show, never fear. You can always find us on our podcast network. That is the Believe, B-L-E-A-V podcast network. Uh, if you sign up, you get notified every time we post some new content. Uh, anyway, we are presented by betonline.ag. We were talking a little bit about Steven Gerrard at Rangers. A lot of people expecting, you know, maybe there'll be another step in between Rangers and Liverpool. I don't think so. You know, maybe a Roy Evans, Gerard Houllier type of situation could show up where maybe he goes and understudies uh, Jurgen Klopp, the great German master. Maybe he goes understudies Klopp at Anfield for a season or two before the handoff. That's a very real possibility. I'm not going to try to compare the legend to Liverpool that Steven Gerrard is and the legend at United that the babyface assassin Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is. They're both legends. I, I, I would say, you know, Gerrard has, is, is a bigger legend, although don't, I'm not understating uh, the, uh, the import to Man United of Solskjaer as a player. So there's a lot of parallels here. But do I see Gerard going to say, let's just say Hasenhutl gets the boot at Southampton, which after their 5-2 drubbing today at the hands of Manchester City, it's probably no more of a possibility than it was two weeks ago, to be fair. But, but it, is, it is out there. Um, I don't see it. I don't see it because, you know, it, it's a highly competitive. He's not going to be in a team that is... Um, nearly as good within the league that they are working on or that they are playing in and um, <clears throat> it's much more dangerous for him I mean look clearly if you go to a team like a Southampton and you manage to make the top four against the odds um, maybe 
maybe uh you know your your stock would uh trade up um but on the other hand you know maybe not i mean is it likely <laughs> speaking of liverpool uh legends i mean is it likely gerard could go to a southampton and do for example what kenny dalgleish did at blackburn rovers and win the premier league against all the odds Mm. Unlikely. Unlikely. Um, and so I don't see it happening. Uh, I, I I do see him going and understudy understudying um, Jurgen Klopp. But but he's you know this isn't a Ranieri situation at Leicester City. Or, you know, Kenny Dalgleish at Blackburn Rovers, which are the two great upsets, right, of the Premier League era. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but, yeah, I fully expect him. I'm repeating myself. I'm, I'm getting old. I fully expect him to go an understudy at Liverpool. Look, let's look back at the weekend and see how my picks were and how we did. Why don't we start with Burnley-Arsenal? Now, uh, Arsenal were the big favourites at minus 149 on this game. And, um, you know, I've been a little inconsistent. Arsenal's the key, the king of inconsistencies. I told you to bet the draw. It played plus 270 on the money line. Again, courtesy of betonline.ag. And guess what? You got the draw. So you were up plus 270, courtesy of Nick Gieber, host of World Soccer Radio at betonline.ag. And I know you're back in the box thinking, God, I love Nick. What a great guy he is. Let's move along to the next one. Sheffield United, Southampton. And we were just talking about Mr. Hassan Hootle. This was uh, a very different game than today's match against Manchester City. <laughs> <laughs> they beat Sheffield United. Uh, they beat the Blades 2-0 at Bramall Lane, as I predicted. Again, plus money. You know, I should get Ali Burns on, the plus money honey, because she's going to be so happy that I'm giving all these plus money picks that work. So there you go, plus 111. All right, next up was Aston Villa Wolves. Now, I actually liked Wolves away from home at Villa Park for this. It ended up being a draw. Uh, Wolves were plus 220 for the win, which I recommended. Plus 222 was the draw. Plus 138 were the favorites, Aston Villa. But Wolves did take, um, uh, did not win, and the draw was uh, in play. Lastly, uh, for Saturday's matches. So, so far, I am out of the four matches on Saturday, the last one, Brighton-Leicester. I said Leicester City were going to win at Brighton, and that indeed they did. Plus 190 again. So all the picks I gave you folks were in the plus money. So you got plus 270 for the Burnley Arsenal draw, plus 111 for Southampton winning. Okay, I blew the Wolves Villa pick. That would have been plus 22 and plus 190 on Leicester City. So I'm 75% uh, for Saturday, looking really good. Coming into Sunday's matches, West Brom, Newcastle. I told you that was going to be a draw, plus 197. And guess what the result was? Come on, you know it. That's right. It was a draw. I got another one. But then I had a couple of sad, sad results. No one in their right mind would have believed Liverpool at Anfield would lose to Fulham. Uh, plus 690. Certainly the bookmakers didn't believe they would lose to Fulham. But guess what? Liverpool's shockingly bad run of form continued. And they lost 1-0. Was it? Was it 1-0? It was 1-0 at home, at Anfield, to Fulham. 
in a really in a, a terrible result. Liverpool just I, I can't stress to you how awful this team is right now, really. They are beyond bad. The facts are that in what uh, 22 in six matches they've lost five of them <laughs> I mean, that's that's really that's really pretty bad they beat sheffield united at bramall lane for, for for the three points i mean that is shocking they have won two mat three matches in the entire year of 2021 anyway they lose Minus 263 was them to win. They didn't. Plus 690 Fulham. They got the points. If you bet Fulham, uh, you took some sweet money to the bank and uh, having a great time with it. All right, Man City United. This was the other one. You know, United played beautifully. They took it to City. They beat them. Well-deserved at the Etihad. I was very impressed with this play. I'm going to talk about Man, Man United when we come back a little bit. But minus 200 was City to win. Plus 510 was Man United for the Derby upset. So both of these upsets paid huge money. Plus 690 for Fulham to beat Liverpool at Anfield. Plus 510 for United to beat City at the Etihad. And that is what happened. I got both those results wrong. I went with the favourites. On the other hand, at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, I said Tottenham were going to beat Crystal Palace, which they did. On the Monday matches, Chelsea-Everton, I said Chelsea were going to win. Minus 185, which they did. And the Hammers would continue their great season under David Moyes with a healthy victory, which they had uh, at the London Stadium 2-0 over Bielsa's Leeds United. So those are my picks. I actually was 7 out of 10 for the weekend. I'm just counting up here, which is 70%, folks. I'm, I'm, I'm chuffed with that. I mean, 70% is pretty good. I mean, if my son gets 70% at his uh, sixth grade, he doesn't fail. And look, anything over 53 54% as a sports better is a winner for you. So I gave you 70%. I'm blowing my own horn. I'm singing my praise. I'm doing all of those things. By the way... Um, a lot of people asking me about this uh, Meghan Markle stuff, and um, I, I, I want to avoid the, 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 the racism issues, uh, not that I necessarily think there are any, uh, or maybe there are, maybe they're not, but, but I just want to say, you know, when you get married into the royal family, you, you know what you're getting, right? It shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. It's not like season one of The Crown wasn't even out at the time she was dating Prince Harry. I'm sorry. I just, I, I, I think you know these pampered pooches sitting in their fifteen million dollar house talking about how meanly they've been treated. That's what you sign up for. You want the, you want the free ticket. You want the global acclaim. You want people screaming your names from the sea, the streets. You want to be king or queen of the tabloids. Then you know you got to take the good with the bad. Half a million people died dead of COVID and were worried about this. It seems to me that this is ridiculous. I am, I am a monarchist, yes. I am not particularly a fan of these new generation of royals. I don't follow the royal family. I don't really give a 
hooey about the royal family outside of the queen. And the queen mother sadly departed. But this whole thing is just ridiculous. Can we focus in on the important things? Remembering the people who have lost their lives to COVID and football. Those are the two important things we need to focus in on. All right, talking football, got to go to break. So let me come back and I'll give you some more World Soccer Radio. All right, welcome back to the show, World Soccer Radio. On the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM, iHeartRadio, tune in the award-winning Sirius XM app, the American Forces Network, and you can find uh, this show on our podcast network, the Believe, B-L-E-A-V Podcast Network. This show will be available as soon as it has aired for you. So there you have it. Lots of ways to get the show. I'm your host, Nick Gieber. You can Twitter me, twatter me, reach out and flatter me at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R, or Facebook, facebook.com forward slash World Soccer Radio. I just got done telling you how I don't give a rat's ass about the Royals, really, which is really true. I mean, as I said, Queen, Prince Philip, probably, aside. Uh, but, you know, if you marry into the Royal family... In the years of the 2000s plus, 2010s, 2020s, uh, there is more than a uh, insubstantial amount of voluminous uh, television shows, documentaries, books, tabloids that you could read that would let you know what sort of a, you know, a shoot show you are in for. Not to put too fine of a point on it. Um, The Queen's like 90-something years old. Prince Charles is, you know, as weird as ever. I mean, these people are people with all of their idiosyncrasies, and I I think it could be... um, I think it could be argued that they're probably uh, one of the world's great dysfunctional families. So if you're going to marry into that, uh, you know, (laughs) you've either got to be slightly dysfunctional yourself or you've got to be very tolerant and caring or you've got to just keep your eyes on the prize and, uh, you know, roll with the punches but to become the squeaky wheel and to bitch and moan and complain about the things that happen around you which you should have been able to predict is uh somewhat tedious isn't that is it not and i'm sure many of you are finding this little diatribe i'm on somewhat tedious so i apologize and, and i hope i haven't offended somewhat anyone uh but you know it, it, it certainly does make one scratch one's head a little bit about this whole thing. All right, um, let's talk about another completely pampered class of people. Footballers, <laughs> what a surprise. And uh, there is no other footballer that is more pampered, I think, than Lionel Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo, the two sort of big, fading, in fairness, names uh, in football. And, and I don't mean that as an insult to their abilities as footballers because both of them has, have shown... Uh, unique and uncanny and great, or really what makes them truly great, ability to adapt their games as they age. 
I would say um I would say that Lionel Messi's game has probably adapted more than Ronaldo's game. And I think Messi is one of those players who certainly has a unique ability to improve those players around him, whereas I certainly don't think Cristiano Ronaldo has that impact on players around him. Oh, he is a wickedly wonderful player. Don't get me wrong. He is clearly one of the two best players on the planet. But he is a different player than Lionel Messi. But for Messi's greatness, and this is why, if you look at Juventus, who blew out of the Champions League with Porto, now keep in mind, that's why they hired, that's why they paid the big money for Ronaldo, was to win the Champions League. Well, that's not happening, right? They are bounced out of the Champions League by Porto. It will be easier for Juventus to sell Cristiano Ronaldo or not renew his contract or whatever they're going to do. I don't know how old he is at this point. 800 years old. I'm just kidding. In fact, I'll uh, I'll look it up while uh, maybe one of my producers here uh, can help me out here. How old is Cristiano Ronaldo, guys? Okay, 36. Right, so he's not signing another long-term deal. I don't know when his contract with Port with Juventus is up. Uh, it's it's, it's got to be fairly soon, right? But Juventus will have an easier time replacing Ronaldo. You can never replace like-for-like like a player like Ronaldo or Messi or Mbappe or any one of these guys, by the way. Just want to make sure you understand that. But having said that, it doesn't mean that you can't get one or two players in and backfill the goal scoring basically it's easier for a Juventus to replace a Ronaldo than it is a Barcelona to replace a Messi because of exactly what I just said to you Messi is the beating heart of that team he improves the players around him he makes everybody better he's adapted his game he is a more impactful player to Barcelona than Ronaldo is was to Juventus and it is an addict's problem that Laporte now who has been re-elected at Barcelona has to deal with he has a club that is one billion dollars in debt he has a club that is the Catalan expectation of trophies greatness and being the best team in the world year after year puts the pressure on him but financially this club is in big trouble and they are forced like a drug addict to pay big big money that they cannot afford for their fix of Lionel Messi because without Lionel Messi possibly the entire balloon deflates And again, Champions League, Barcelona's balloon has fully deflated as they didn't advance. Both Messi and Ronaldo won't make the Champions League quarterfinals. By the way, I'm sure they'll still get all the awards at the FIFA Awards at the end of the year because, you know, <laughs> even when they've retired for 10 years, they'll still be getting the Ballon d'Or and all these other great uh, awards that they get, Footballer of the Year. <laughs> you know how that works, right? 
But yeah, Barcelona have a real problem. I mean, they really, really do because they have got to get rid of Messi for financial reasons because they can't afford him. But there is no player and there is really no group of players that I think they can bring in that will be able to stand in for the great diminutive little Argentinian. And again, I am a massive fan of both of these players. It's a fascinating and troublesome problem if you are a Barcelona fan. It is less of a problem if you are a Real, uh, if you are a Juventus fan. And you are seeing in the 5-2 aggregate victory of PSG over Barcelona the emergence of the world's next great superstar. Uh, he was already right up there in Kylian Mbappe, a player uh, of which with whom I have the most enormous admiration and respect. Love this kid. Great player. Going to dominate the global stage going forward. And very, very, very likely you will see him playing in the Premier League sooner rather than later. And by that I mean that this is the year, in my mind, that PSG have to win the Champions League. They lost it last year. If you remember that, what a shocker that was for them. I mean, you know, how absolutely devastating it was. Losing to Bayern Munich 1-0. I mean, they made it to the final. This is what this team has been assembled for. But they came just short to Bayern Munich. This year again, will they make it to the final? Very likely. As I look down the teams here, Bayern Munich, uh, to teams I really think could present a problem. Bayern Munich, Man City, maybe Liverpool... That's about it. Do I really think Porto is going to present a problem for them? No. Do I really think that... Uh, um, Dortmund will? Not really. But it's going to be fascinating to see how it unfolds. The Champions League is fascinating. And Liverpool still in it, looking a lot better in the Champions League, scoring goals, which is something they're just not doing in the Premier League, by the way. I think Liverpool, who have advanced, obviously, beyond Leipzig, they're now going into the quarterfinals, really stand a chance of making it to the final. Can they win? Can they beat PSG? Could they beat a Man City? Could they beat a Real Madrid? Could they beat a Bayern Munich? Well, why not? Who's the favorite to win? PSG, Bayern Munich, maybe Man City. Likely Bayern Munich, again, they're looking very, very solid. But it's in the Champions League that we see the changing of the guard to draw us back to uh, what we were talking about. And if we look at the, um, the draws... Uh, we will get the draws will come out right after the uh, the final matches have been played. Again, 
qualified for the quarterfinals, Borussia Dortmund, Liverpool, PSG, and Porto. So let's keep following the Champions League. It is awesomely great stuff. The problems at Barcelona, though, will continue until they have replaced Messi down the line and dug themselves out of debt. I am not predicting that we are going to see the next great Barcelona decade like we've seen, like we saw in the early aughts. I, I'm, just, I'm just not predicting we're going to see that. I think Barcelona have to revamp themselves financially, revamp themselves in terms of talent, uh, prepare and deliver a post-Lionel Messi life that is going to be so much more difficult. And, and indeed, just because of the greatness of Messi, replacing him is going to become so much more difficult. Just like when you have a legendary manager like a uh, Bill Shankly or an Alex Ferguson, uh, it just becomes extremely difficult. Change is not easy. And trying to change an organization and a club, either around a legendary manager or an important, critical player, is just next to nigh impossible. And it, it, it's almost never that you step from one to the other. And when you think you have the best laid plans of mice and men, you find out you are wrong. David Moyes, Man United, great example. Although one has to wonder if United had showed more patience with Moyes and recognized internally that it was going to take them a lot longer to establish, develop, and maintain a post-Ferguson look of United, uh, I think they would have kept the faith with him for a lot longer rather than go through the uh, managerial uh, heebie-jeebies and changes uh, that they did. What do you think? Reach out. Let me know on social media. Twitter, at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. Facebook, facebook.com forward slash World Soccer Radio. Very quickly, we do have a match coming up on Friday, and uh, I'm feeling generous, so I will give you my pick for the Friday match. Let me see if I even have the odds. I may not have them up in front of me. I'll have to bring them. Uh, I'll have to bring them up, and in the closing segment, I'll, I'll give you the odds. But the uh, match coming up on Friday is Newcastle-Aston Villa. This is actually an enormous match for both of these clubs. Newcastle are one point off the drop zone. Villa, pretty much, you know, mid-table mediocrity. This is a very, very important game for Newcastle, one they really need to win after uh, getting a draw uh, against West Brom and, um, you know, uh, a draw against Wolves. This one is at St. James's Park. They need to win. Uh, will they do it? No. I think they will get themselves another draw. All right. This is World Soccer Radio. I'm Nick Eber. I'll be right back to wrap it up, and I'll give you those odds, courtesy of betonline.ag. All right. Welcome back. World Soccer Radio Presented by betonline.ag. I am your host, Nick Eber, and I promised you before the break I would look up the odds, courtesy of betonline.ag, for Friday's Newcastle Aston Villa match at St. James' Park. And surprisingly, Villa, massive away favorites at minus 105. Look, I know Newcastle are pretty awful, to be totally honest with you. Steve Bruce, probably one of the most uninspiring managers I could possibly imagine. 
They are plus 292, long shot to win at home. Villa minus 105, the draw plus 255. Um, I'm going to go on a limb here, folks. I think that is what you should take. This match smells like draw to me. And with some sweet plus money at plus 255, I think you'd be better off taking the draw than a Newcastle win because that's where I think this is going to go. I think Newcastle will pick up a point. By the way, it potentially could be a very big point for them because <clears throat> coming up, the next matches over the weekend for the relegation three, Fulham are hosting Manchester City. They are unlikely to win that. West Brom are away at Selhurst Park against Crystal Palace. I don't think they will win that. And uh, Leicester City are hosting the Blades at the KP, and I don't think they'll win that. So if you, this is a huge match for Newcastle. If they can somehow win and pick up three points, they would then move uh, 28 matches equal up to with Burnley, probably actually maybe even a little ahead, depending on what that goal differential is. If they pick up one point, it'll give them to 28. That would put two points, assuming the bottom three teams do not win their matches. I don't think any of them will. Uh, would put them two points clear of Fulham, which maybe isn't enough. So a lot is on the line for Newcastle United, and uh, I will get into it more, no doubt, as we go on throughout the week here on World Soccer Radio. But I'm out of time, folks, here. Tune in tomorrow, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 East, and then again, midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. on the East Coast. Till then, cheers. Enjoy the football. I'll speak to you next. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.